This is Eric Luby, pastor of the church at Ellerslie in Windsor, Colorado. The ministry of Ellerslie endeavors to once again see triumphant Christianity stride upon the stage of time and to see the church of Jesus Christ built strong to stand immovable in these times of sinking sand. We hope this podcast is an encouragement to your soul. If you would like to stream live or visit us in person or even support us financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn. I guess I'm going to call this an addendum. This is not a message. This is, I don't even know what to actually describe this as, but it's, it's meant to be very, very short and to sort of help bring some clarity to some uh, issues. I have sort of reluctantly given three messages before this, and this is now called Vaccine Dilemma Part 4. And uh, there is no way I even wanted to do Vaccine Dilemma Part 1, let alone four parts. Uh, However, because of the voluminous amounts of uh, correspondence I have been receiving uh, on especially Vaccine Dilemma Part 3, uh, I have definitely stirred some, some things up, which, by the way, I'm not against doing, but I, my whole point in what I'm talking about with the vaccine dilemma, I think, is lost on some people who really desire to recruit me to their position. And I'm not recruitable. I am interested in a singular position, and that is one of representing Jesus Christ in this culture. Though I may have personal leanings towards things like vaccines, towards things like government overreach, and I do have opinions on that, technically that's not my issue, is pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine, and I've tried to make this as clear as possible, but it is pro-body of Christ. My entire desire is to not be played by the enemy and to allow the enemy to enter into our midst and divide us. And it's funny because even as I try and do that, I have friction that comes where someone is saying, but you can't allow this to remain in the body. And how can we stand united if people are getting the vaccine and they don't recognize how dangerous this is? Or how can we stand together if there are people that are living in a delusion that the vaccine is evil? Okay, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Even, Even when I present this, you can recognize that there's still friction here. And at the same time, I'm going to make an appeal. I'm going to answer, I think it's like five questions, which I've summarized all of the correspondence into five requests of Eric Ludi. okay? And I will attempt to address these each as simply and as clearly as I can, but I have a genuine love for each person that is even writing and expressing these things to me. I know that a lot of people are in a tumult right now. And there is a lot of fog and there's a lot of challenge. Some people believe that they are very clear on this point. And so they're trying to bring clarity to everyone else, including me. And I'm not against that. I just want everyone to remember what my stance is. My stance isn't to just get more knowledge about the vaccine or what's going on with the government or some conspiracy that's out there. I'm interested in what's going on here, what the Spirit of God is doing, not what the enemy is doing. So Eric, please take a stronger stand against those pressing the vaccine against society. I understand this plea, okay? It would be a similar thing if, if Eric was neutral on something, and this is at least in someone's mindset. If I was neutral on the abortion industry, there, were, there would be some of you that would say, Eric, it is imperative that as a pastor you would take your position and you would press it forward to the preservation of life and that you would protect the unborn. And I would say, I agree with you. And so that's why this is a challenge. If your perspective is such that this is a 
moral issue, that it isn't uh, a, a wrong or an evil being perpetrated against people's lives, then I can understand the appeal for me to take a stand against those that are perpetrating it. However, my series, what I'm trying to do is talk to the church. I'm not talking to a group of bureaucrats out there that are making devious decisions. And so therefore, I think it's important just to remember what this is about. My goal is to not use my platform to speak to politicians. My goal is to use this platform to edify the body of Christ. And so therefore, though I'm more than happy to weigh this and to consider this prayerfully, if I am to do something beyond just speaking to the body of Christ, I want to just remind us that we are the body of Christ. And this platform here that I am speaking from symbolically is meant to edify the body of Christ and not speak outside of here. Typically, back in the olden days, when you didn't have things like streaming sermons, when you gave a sermon, it was to the group in front of you. And that's still the way I always want to treat it. I want to treat it, even though I know other Christians listen in, I want to make sure that I'm first dealing with the body of Christ, not with cultural issues. I didn't ever speak to uh, presidents uh, in the past, and I've had a lot of reasons to do it, and I have not been speaking to the Biden administration. That isn't my goal. If I had an opportunity to speak to the Biden administration, I would take it as a very specific opportunity that I would ask for the Holy Spirit to lead me in to speak. However, that's not what this is. Eric, please don't use food sacrifice to idols as a comparison to vaccinations. You don't understand how harmful vaccines can be. So, and I want to be tremendously sensitive to this. In, in Vaccine Dilemma Part 3, I, I was trying to teach on conscience. And we don't have a tremendous amount to work from in the Bible that would directly relate to something like a vaccine. It's not the easiest thing to create an apple-to-an-apple comparison in Scripture. And so whenever we as pastors uh, are attempting to give understanding for how to think and reason biblically, we're still going to use what is in Scripture. And so I'm going to use food sacrifice to idols to show how Paul reasons through issues of conscience. However, I have offended some people over the fact that I obviously am not sensitive to the fact that vaccines can kill people. Vaccines can seriously harm people, and I want to apologize for anyone that has been impacted by that. However, my use of food sacrifice to idols, as imperfect as it is, is still for the purpose of expressing the importance of how we handle people with conscionable issues. And so as a result, in that day and age, when food sacrifice to idols was a very, very significant issue of conscience, Paul was showing how to relate to people with conscience. He was defining how his conscience worked towards it, that he was free to eat meat. However, for the sake of his weaker brother, he, would go, he was willing to go without meat till the world ended. That was my platform point, so I definitely do not want to go outside of that and create a direct link between food sacrifice idols and vaccines. Eric, please do more vigorous research so that you can recognize how diabolical and dastardly this vaccine really is. I've been given many pieces of, uh, many links, I could say, and, and data points to research. And this is a tough one for me. Uh, I've had times in my past where I have in-depth studied things that were not very life-giving to study, okay? When I did an exhaustive study on the emergent church movement, it was rather depressing, but it did prove to be very, very significant in the formation of my life and in the formation of the church, and at times, I do want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God if he says, I want you to spend time looking into all this ugliness. 
However, as a default point as a Christian, I'm going to start with the premise that I don't spend a lot of my time thinking about what the enemy is doing. I think about what God is doing in this earth. And so just as a premise point, it does not mean I want to be ignorant of what is going on. And so therefore, I'm going to take that appeal for me to prayerfully consider studying this at a greater level than I already have, which, you know, it's not that I'm ignorant on it, but the challenge I face on this, just to be honest with you, is I don't trust hardly any data, even from conservative sidelines. And so as a result, I feel like there's hyperbole on both sides. And as a result, when you study, how do you know if this is genuine information or not? And that is very uh, disturbing to the soul. If you're studying something you know it's fact, it's one thing. Just stare at the fact, Eric. How are you going to respond to it? If you're staring at something, and if that was true, I really need to do something. But I'm not exactly sure if it is. That makes it hard to know how to respond. Eric, please make sure your data is accurate. <laughs> yeah, I did get this one. Uh, I.e., use of fetal cell line in everyday items such as ibuprofen. So, one of the things I said, I think it was in uh, Vaccine Dilemma Part 2 and then again in Vaccine Dilemma Part 3 is I talked about the fetal cell line and the conscionable issue that many in the body of Christ are dealing with. If fetal cells were used to produce vaccines, which it seems to be true that they were, if fetal cells were used to test vaccines, well then some Christians may have a bona fide reason to feel like they can't participate in a vaccination, even if it's mandated, because of that. Now, this fetal cell line is from 1972, which doesn't necessarily mean it should negate the fact that it's still uh, from an aborted fetus, uh, but it was from 1972, and there were certain vaccines that were produced using it, and there were certain uh, vaccines that were tested using it. And so that wasn't really the issue. I don't think anyone was arguing that, except for one person was concerned about the fact that I had said Pfizer uh, wasn't produced using it, which is still, as far as I know, true. Uh, it was tested on it, uh, but so that's whether that's a clarification for someone. Uh, but the issue was in the last vaccine dilemma, I said that there were a lot of other uh, very normal, off-the-shelf sorts of medicines that have also been test or produced or tested using the the same fetal cell line. So if we're going to be consistent in our souls in our conscience, if we're going to say, I can't get the vaccine because of that, well, then I also can't use Pepto-Bismol and ibuprofen and I don't know what else was on the list. And so I've had some flack on that point, and I don't know that it's unwarranted, okay? Because from what I'm understanding, it's only about six months ago that it began to come out that the fetal cell line was used to produce all these other medicines, it may not have been. I have multiple people that are telling me they were not, it was not used to make all these things. And so here's what I'm going to say. I have no idea. Okay, I don't know what's true. I know what the medical community is saying, and that is that it was used to produce these things. However, I have all sorts of back-channel people that are communicating with me saying it's all a farce and it didn't happen that way. So I'm just going on record as saying, I don't know, and so don't take my word for it one way or the other. Okay, however, what does still stand is the appeal to be consistent 
in our conscience. If you're going to make a declaration that you have a conscionable issue towards something, then you need to be consistent in every area of your life. I use the illustration of if you have a conscionable issue about you being the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so therefore you can't take something that could be damaging to your body into it, well then you need to prove consistent with that in every area of your life, not just with the vaccine. And that could include sugar, for instance. We'll, We'll use that illustration instead. The issue I was attempting to bring up wasn't one of consistency. If my data is off, uh, welcome to the club. I'm not exactly sure. That's actually one of my great grievances that I would have in the whole situation here is I am very interested in truth, not uh, hyperbolized data that tries to prove a political point. Eric, please take a stronger anti-vax stand. The body of Christ needs you right now. Hmm. Uh... That's a tough one for me. And, I, and the reason is because I understand what is being asked of me there. People feel vulnerable. And I would say this, this is what someone said to me. The vaxxers don't feel vulnerable right now. It's the anti-vaxxers that feel vulnerable, Eric. So if you're gonna take a side to help the body, help those that have a conscionable issue. Well, believe it or not, that's actually what I'm trying to do, but I understand the plea my desire is not to just be middle guy that's like, hey, I don't, I don't want to tell you what I believe and I just want to play both sides. I actually genuinely am willing to do whatever it takes to preserve the integrity of the body right now, whatever that is. It's sort of like if we were going to go to the Civil War, which by the way, I'm, pre- I'm studying the Civil War, well, I'm studying Abe Lincoln's time, his, the Civil War, to prepare my next series uh, for Daily Thunder in January. And it's weird when I'm dealing with all these factions and I'm dealing with you know, the, the gentry or the cavaliers uh, down south, which are the, you know, they, they thought in their conscience that slavery was totally fine, even biblically. And then you have the Puritans up north, which are going to become the basis, for the root system for the abolitionist movement. And then you have, in the middle, in the middle states, you have the Quakers. And the Quakers were the ones that were like, hey guys, can we get along? It's very interesting if you say, which one are you, Eric? Well, obviously, according to that description, I guess I'm a little Quakerish, because my desire is to keep the union. It's to keep us together. Hey, guys, we can be so strong if we're together, and the devil wants to play us. He wants to create a civil war, not just in our nation, but in the church. And I am standing here saying, no way are we going in that direction. Okay, so that's that's my addendum, guys. I am uh, desirous, and you can continue to appeal to me. You can continue to write letters to me. Continue to give information if you want. I just wanted to at least lay out some of the struggles I'm facing as a leader. My desire and design is, yes, I would like facts. And I know that everyone thinks that what they have, their data, is factual. That's part of the challenge I'm facing is I really wish we had a good system for determining that now, and that's part of what the devil's doing. The devil works in delusion, he works in fog banks, he works in lies. And I don't want to participate in that for one moment. My appeal to the body of Christ is we do not fear. We do not fear COVID, nor do we fear a vaccine. We fear one, and that is Jesus Christ. We tremble before one, and that is Jesus Christ. And that is our mandate now. We are believers, and so let's live like them. This message was brought to you by the team at Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. 
To take this specific message deeper through our daily Thunder discussions, visit ellerslie.com, where you can also explore our sermon library or learn more about joining us in person at the Church at Ellerslie here in Windsor, Colorado. Thanks for listening.